Welcome to episode zero of History on Fire podcast. Since some people may want to jump into an actual episode right away without hearing an introduction with all the info regarding future plans for the podcast and other issues, I created a separate episode zero. I'll keep it short and sweet so that you guys can find out this information. And if you don't, instead, you can just jump into episode one right away and get a feel for what the actual podcast will be about. Those among you who want to find out about the structure of the podcast, its philosophy, how often I will be releasing episodes, and all of that kind of stuff, this is for you. Episode zero, here we go. Right off the bat, I want to give credit where credit is due. History on Fire podcast is largely born from my admiration for Dan Carlin's work. His podcast, Hardcore History, is a masterpiece. Anybody who's listening to who like podcasting and was interested in history should check it out because it really doesn't get any better than that. Dan is the undisputed master of this genre of historical podcasting. I have nothing but love and respect for Dan, not only because he's a master storyteller and he's so fun to listen to, but also he's a really wise human being. He's a very pleasant human being. I like him as a person, first and foremost. I'm proud to call him my friend and to have his support for this project. So I just want to clear that off the bat, because in some way, right when I decided I was going to do this, I felt oddly guilty, because I felt like I was stepping on his turf. I felt like maybe this could be, if nothing else, perceived as competition. So I called Dan and essentially asked for his blessing. And he just laughed at me because he was, uh, when I, he said, well, are you asking for permission? Like only I'm supposed to do a historical podcasting? Of course, you know, you want to do it is a good idea. Go for it. And I appreciated his response, but also in some way I felt is, yeah, I wasn't literally asking for permission, but I definitely wanted to sort of pay homage in a way. The whole conversation was like I was in a Godfather movie where I you go to the Godfather, you kiss the ring and ask for his blessing. So then the Godfather, all the homage to him. Now in some way, for me to do this podcast is a, is a natural thing. You know, I'm not, in that regard, I'm not trying to copy what Dan is doing. I'm inspired by what Dan is doing, but Dan has his own style. I have mine. I've been teaching history in college for about 14 years now. I've been podcasting for quite a while. So it seemed only natural to merge the two together and start my own historical podcast at this point. Having said that, though, no doubt I owe a huge debt of gratitude to Dan Carlin. And uh, I want to say thank you to him. As those of you guys who do listen to Hardcore History know, it takes an insanely long time to do the research and be able to craft one episode of this style of historical podcasting. So Dan only releases just a few a year because there's just no time to do all the research and be able to release more. So I feel that there's plenty of room for both. In that sense, I, I don't necessarily feel that what I'm doing is in competition with what he's doing. I feel that they cater to related but different tastes. Something else I should bring up right away. I have been made aware of the fact that I have a heavy Italian accent. 
And some of you may decide that this is a deal breaker right here, right now. You just cannot deal with it, don't want to deal with it, in which case you have my sympathy. You don't have to listen to me. Don't blame you for not trying. Uh, believe it or not, I, I actually cannot hear my own accent. In my own head, I speak perfect English that is clear to everyone. Now, many people find it clearer immediately. Many people initially may have a hard time and they quickly get used to my accent. The reality is there's not a whole lot I can do about it. I've been living in the United States for well over 20 years, but somehow I cannot seem to get rid of the accent. Plus, many women like it, and you would be morally wrong to work too hard to eliminate something appreciated by ladies. In any way, this is my long-winded way to say sorry to those of you guys who decide not to deal with it because you find my accent too annoying. Just give it a shot if you can. Listen to a couple of episodes, see if you can get used to it. Surprisingly enough, that's what happens to a lot of people. Even if initially they may find it difficult, they usually get comfortable with it rather quickly. So hopefully it works out for you. Now, a couple of things about the structure of the podcast and the frequency with which I will be releasing episodes. For the first year or two, I'm planning to release about 10 episodes per year. Let's say eight minimum 10 ideally. I'm going to mix uh, long epic episodes that may last multiple hours with much shorter ones because there's just simply no way to be able to do the research and release super long episodes that require me to read uh, 15, 20 books each and do that every single month. So 10 per year is about as high as I can go. As time goes by, after a year or two or three of doing this, the frequency of the episode release may decrease a little bit as uh, I've built enough of an audience that they would be, you guys maybe decide to be patient with me and wait a little longer so that I can catch up on the research. But right now, that's the plan, about 8 to 10 episodes per year. If at some point in the future you do not find old episodes on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever it is that you use to download them, it's likely because at some point down the road I may retire the older episodes and put them up for sale. I'm not sure whether this actually will happen or not. It's an idea right now, simply because keeping all the old episodes available increases all the bandwidth costs each month. So clearly the more episodes pile up once you start having a decent numbers may not be wise to keep them all available all the time. So it's very likely that after maybe two or three years, some of the early episodes will be found on the podcast websites for sale rather than being available on iTunes. So if you're listening to these three years down the road and you see only a few episodes that may be like episode 20, 21, 22, and you don't find the early ones, well, that is why. Make sure to check the podcast website and very likely you will find them there. A couple of thank yous are in order here. I want to thank Onnit.com. Onnit is a company that specializes. Actually, I may have used the wrong word right there, specializes, because Onnit has a whole wide range of products that they have up for sale at Onnit.com, from supplements to special foods to workout gear to books, DVD, you name it. If you guys are interested in supporting the podcast, Onnit is and will be one of the sponsors to the podcast. So if you guys are interested in helping out, check out Onnit.com, see if they have anything that fits your taste. 
and give them a shot. They have a great customer service policy. Aubrey Marcos, the CEO of Onnit, is a, is a good friend of mine. He's a great human being. He's been an ally of mine and a supporter of my work for quite a while now. So I want to give big thanks to Onnit.com. Also a big thanks to Chimera Coffee. They also jumped on and decided to sponsor my podcast before even episode zero was in the works, just on the fate based on my previous work. So I thank the guys at Chimera Coffee very, very much. Teodoro is the man. For the longest time, I did not drink coffee. When they sent it to me, I feel almost obliged to try it out. And oh my God, I'm a devotee. My mom, on the other hand, has been drinking coffee more regularly. She vouches as this has been one of her probably the best coffee in the world to her, which considering she's from Italy where coffee is a religion, this is quite high praise indeed. So again, thank you to Chimera Coffee for getting the support that I need to get this started. You know, eventually the show will need the listeners to step in and help out with donations. If you guys buy on Amazon, it will be great if you use the show's Amazon link that's found on the website and in the episode notes. All the other ways in which podcasts uh, get to support themselves, that's going to be important. But these guys on it.com and Chimera Coffee stepped in and allow me to essentially start doing almost two years of research right now to produce the first few episodes it really wouldn't have been possible without their help. So I will always put links in the episode notes to their websites. These will include discounts for listeners to um, History on Fire podcast. So it would be great if you guys get to show them some love. Beside them, I also want to say thank you to a few other people. Thank you to Datsusara, and to short design t-shirts. Both of these guys have supported my work in the past. They are not able to support this particular podcast, History on Fire, at this time, at least when we first begin. But I want to say thank you anyway to them, because they have been so good to me in multiple ways. I will not mention them on the podcast, because they are not sponsoring it directly, but I will always put some links in the episode notes to their website. Datsusara produces a whole bunch of hemp gear from computer bags to backpacks to a lot of hemp products. And the Shore Design t-shirt produces some of the funkiest, coolest t-shirts on the planet in the softest cotton you can imagine. So again, I will put links to these guys' websites if you guys want to check them out. Also, a few personal thank you to Savannah M., Jeff Hendricks, Emmanuel Carnevale, Rich Evers, and Pete McCormick, whose invaluable help has been tremendous in, in so many ways. And of course, I also want to say thank you to Joe Rogan for giving me the incentive to get started in podcasting a few years ago. Thank you for being patient listening to some of these uh, intro remarks and the thank yous and everything else. I want to give you something about the core philosophy of this podcast, something about the, where the heart and soul of this podcast rests. I'm regularly puzzled by the mixed feelings that seem to exist among many people regarding history. On one end, an incredibly high number of people seem to be very fascinated with history. On the other end, history is regularly listed among the least favorite subjects in high school. Even worse than math, which, I mean, you have to try hard to be worse than math. Why is that? You know, how can it be that something that I personally find as fascinating as history, why does it manage to turn off so many people? 
Well, actually, the reasons are not that hard to find. They are pretty obvious. Very often, history is taught in a way that's really dry, that turns into little more than a memorization game of dates and names. There's no passion. Even when history is taught in an accurate way, often many students feel that it's not relevant to their life. It's not taught in a way that excites anyone. The big question that many people feel after sitting in history classes too long is why should anyone care? So what? Most people are bored with it. Now, this is not that all academics teach in this fashion, but certainly many of them, well, many of us, I guess I should say, because I've been teaching in university for a really long time, many of us are guilty of this. You know, there are plenty of academics who, uh, at least to students, look like gloomy ghosts who spend their Saturday nights shining their PhDs and devising new ways to squeeze all joy out of learning. Now, in some way, in academic culture, there's this prejudice that unless what you teach is dull and kind of boring, unless it's expressed in a needlessly complicated lingo, then it's not serious work. What these people forget is that fun is not the antithesis of serious. Fun is the antithesis of boring. And history can and should be fun. It should be taught in a way that's exciting. It should be taught in a way that captivates the interest even of people who don't care about history. What I'm advocating here is not an entertainment approach to history. Well, not that there's anything wrong with entertaining, I'm all for it, but at the same time, this is not to say I wanna cheapen history or make it pop in some way. It's about making history Putting it in its proper spot, which is good history should inform, but should also entertain, and more importantly, should inspire. It should foster, at least in my eyes, the reason why I like history, why I love history, is because in some of the stories can foster an epic approach to life. I love finding powerful stories in history that can help us learn to become better human beings. I find that there's much to learn from the experience of those who have turned to dust long ago. They still live as archetypes. You know, in the ocean of negative examples of all too common human failings, one can also discover throughout history examples of daring, bravery, wisdom. History should not be about droning on and on regarding who was king in 1637 or something. What I'm interested in is passion. I'm interested in larger-than-life characters. I'm interested in the most emotionally intense moment in the history of humanity. That's what the core philosophy of History on Fire is all about. So if you feel like giving it a shot, let's go set History on Fire.